Good. Good afternoon and welcome to another VSA Capital Technology and Transitional Energy podcast with myself, uh, Phil Smith, analyst. And firstly, apologies for absence from our chief exec, Andrew Muck, who's at, in Darba in South Africa, the mining conference. And therefore, this week, I have on as guest Peter Matson, uh, head of private equity. Peter, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Phil. How are you? Very well and enjoying a sunny day in London. It is indeed, isn't it? And it's going to stay that way, it seems. Well, exactly. Well, let's hope that we can put a little bit of sunshine into people's afternoons. But I think, Peter, let's talk about interest rates. Let's talk about interest rates. Um, Well, let's start with uh, US. So, as we all know, a lot of attention on inflation and inflation in the US, according to the latest CPI data from over there, running around eight and a half percent which is astonishingly high, it's a 40-year high. It's been driven by strong economic bounce back since the COVID and government spending and constrained global supply chains and, of course, rising commodity and energy prices. So last night, Fed came out and raised rates with half a percentage to 1%, which was slightly less than the three-quarter percentage rise predicted by the market. And as a consequence, the market took that as a positive and and share prices rose quite significantly. The Nasdaq was up around 3%. The semiconductor index was up around 4%. Um, So perhaps that's a positive. I mean, it's it's a balancing act here from the Fed and the Fed chairman made some comments uh, on the press conference after the decision. And, and view this as a chance sort of to get wages down and inflation down without having to slow the economy uh, and also not have a recession and not have unemployment rise materially. And he thinks there is a reasonable chance to achieve that. So let's hope for that, of course. Uh, but as I said, the share price is very strong towards the close yesterday in the States. Uh, and today, uh, we got our Bank of England having the same decision, uh, but they raised rates with quarter of a percentage, so they're now standard 1%. And the Bank of England made commentary after the decision and actually warned that the UK economy might slide into recession this year as higher energy prices pushes the inflation above 10%. And that, of course, was not taken positively by the pound, which continued its fall and is now trading about 124 against the dollar. Um, It was positive for the FTSE in the aftermath of this, and FTSE has continued to rise during the day after the decision. What's perhaps noteworthy here is, is that the board, the MPC, uh, was not completely united on this. And um, and also in the commentary uh, around it. So three three of the nine MPC members actually wanted to have a half percent increase. Um, but as we just said, it was increased a quarter of a percentage. But also the guidance following the decision was not 
a, a complete, it was three people that did not want the following statement to go in there, which says some, for some degree of further tightening in monetary policy might still be appropriate in the coming months. So a bit of division within the MPC, um, but there we go. Yeah. So, Phil, what do you what do you take on that? Well, it's, it's look, it's um, it, I'm kind of old enough to remember sort of bit a bit of last time round when we started to see strong inflation, and it, it I guess you know it, it's been a long, long time since, uh, and so for the decision makers having experience to of, of, of what to do is. It's a very, very tough thing and, and trying to, you know, head for a, as they call it, a soft landing um, and timing it so that it, you know, that, that things don't overreact and, and slow down too much and cause severe recession. So it is difficult. I think the best thing that we can do um, for, for investors is just to point out where, you know, when we're commenting on companies often just whereabouts, you know, whether the risk from some some of the pressures that are being brought to bear either in terms of spend or inflationary costs or or, or whatever it is so that you know that, that can be sort of sort of factor that in um but also as we said at the start of the year andrew and i you know keeping an eye on what's happening with the supply chains because remember it was you know originally thought that inflation would be sort of transitory um you know driven by the bounce back strong economic growth post you know coming out of covid um, and a potential easing of supply chains, which were highly constrained. But now we've got the added factor in of energy prices, which are a big driver of inflation, but also the energy prices, what's happening in the energy markets um, for transitional energy could see an acceleration of activity there. So, so uh, you know, it's, it's, it's bearing all of this in mind when we're looking at individual companies and, and commenting on what's happening. So I guess... I guess moving on from that, Peter, into into transitional energy, yep. uh, renewables, as it was was always known, uh, Bosch, uh, Bosch, one of one of Europe's biggest companies, they they had four year results, um, and what was of note there is that they've said that um, they are looking at entering the hydrogen electrolysis. Mm. Uh, market and investing uh, 500 million euros um, in this area of business. Uh, we talked a lot about hydrogen and its place in the, you know, the renewable energy chain. But, but electrolysis, of course, is using, you know, electrolysis equipment basically takes electricity and uh, splits water into its components and of oxygen and creates and produces hydrogen. Um, so interesting to see that Bosch, you know, they're a, they're a serious engineering player many markets are, are getting into that. And they also commented Bosch, of course, well-known in the automotive electronics space, and said that um, orders in electromobility, EVs, um, had exceeded um, 10 billion euros for the first time. And it's quite it's, it's quite interesting, this. And, and BMW had their results today, actually, in the, in, auto, in the auto markets, and they were pretty good. I also saw that the owner of Peugeot Citroen had results, and again, they were they were fairly good. But again, with automotive, it's going to be interesting to see how that performs, Peter, because, of course, cars are a big ticket item. If you've got inflationary pressure and consumers, you know, uh, under cost you know, expenditure pressure, maybe the car markets will slow. Maybe maybe they won't. So it's another of these things that you've got to watch carefully and take a judgment on. But but uh, interesting to see Bosch 
uh, getting into the uh, looking at the electro the electrolyzer uh, markets. They've also said that Bosch this year is going to start production of fuel cell powertrains for trucks. Mm. Um, uh, and again, this is an area we we we've under and I've often discussed on on these podcasts is is hydrogen in transport and its potential application in in trucks, where of course trucks are far more sensitive to weight and the weight of you know battery packs etc. And and hydrogen yeah. seems a good alternative. So there, yeah. Bosch, uh, Bosch, quite active in that area. Very exciting, yeah. Yeah, no, there we are. So that was a bit of very, very interesting news. Um, looking more to the sort of UK market uh, again, staying on the kind of you know the uh, energy transition space. Ilica, um, the ticket is IKA. It's 170 million market cap. Um, Ilica have developed solid state battery technology. Um, and they've got two types of uh, product that uh, we call Stereax, which are micro batteries. And these go into Internet Things applications, med tech applications where you need small uh, batteries with high energy density. But also they've got larger format um, batteries uh, that are being developed for the uh, electric vehicle and plug in hybrid markets. And, and they said this uh, this week that they completed a study. Um, and this is looking at a what they call a Goliath pre-pilot line, um, but they're trying to what they're looking to do is to develop very large-scale manufacturing. Um, and this week they completed the study of, uh, of uh, whether or not they could scale this up, large-scale manufacture, um, and they completed the scale-up study alongside their partner Comel. I hope I pronounced that right, but they're part of Stellantis, who are big industrial automobile automation specialists and they concluded in the study that actually there are no technical barriers to scaling up or cost barriers so um, that's encouraging news uh, for Ilica. Um, moving on because we are a bit, little bit thin on news this week Peter in terms of companies but I don't know if you saw Computer Centre had a trading update. Yes I did actually yeah. Yeah and this is so the ticker is uh, CCC uh, the market cap is three billion, and this was a quarterly trading update. Now, um, we've, we we talked about Computer Center, really interesting one. I mean, they are, you know, they're kind of go, one of the go-to suppliers for IT solutions if you're a business. So you go to them, and they will, you know, they provide consultation on security, data center, uh, networking, tech, service desks. It's a broad area of IT and they supply services in this area and equipment. And of course, you know, they had had a very good, um, I, th I think during the COVID period, they, they did pretty well because of course, companies invested very heavily in, in, in IT, and particularly for people remote working. Um, but they came out with their quarterly trading statement and they said um, that there's going to be a sort of more challenging comparison in terms of trading uh, than the prior period, um, which is kind of kind of understandable. But they said that the adjusted profit for tax for the end of first half for 2022 is likely to be behind in 2021, but they're operating in line with the historical seasonality of their business, which gives them confidence for the full year. So that is, I think, reasonably positive for them. Um, and looking at its trading, it's two and a half percent yield, of course, quite focused on yield, aren't we, in this interest rate environment. Uh, and it's on EV revenue multiple of uh, just under 0.5 times, an EV bit of about 12 times, 11.6 on 2% earnings growth. So um, it doesn't look overly cheap. But the thing is about Computer Center 
is it's been growing. It's got a long track record of growth. It's a good quality business. So, so um, you know, I still think that's well worth taking a look at. Yeah, and and then, and then I also, also noted uh, a very good performer this year, BA Systems. Uh, they had a trading update, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah yeah they did. And uh, look, it's one of our biggest defence companies. Uh, the ticker's BAE. Market cap is twenty four billion. Um, and the shares. I was looking. I was looking at the share price chart going back years. These shares are at an all time high. Look, it's kind of understandable. Um, in the current environment, it's paying even with the share price rise. It's still on a three point two percent dividend yield. Um, and BAE Systems are look. It, it's across the spectrum in, in, in arms, aerospace, naval equipment, um, security, and um, they had issued uh, just reiterating really full year guidance. Um, firstly, and they're expecting sales rising by by four percent, EBIT up you know two to four percent, EBIT up four to six percent, uh, an underlying EPS growth of four to six percent, a very high free cash flow. Um, so they, what they did say, which was quite interesting, was on the uh, the U.S. defense budgets being very good for them. Uh, U.S. defense budget of $743 billion, um, and they're saying it supports many of the key programs that they're involved in, which is what you would look for, because the U.S. is obviously the biggest defense market, and that's in terms of combat vehicles, the F-35 fighter program, which they are on, uh, and for electronic warfare and precision-guided weapons. So... Um, you know, it's it, it's had the run up, but it's still you know 3.2% dividend yield doesn't look. I'm not a, look. I'm not an analyst on this one. Um, it's on like P 15 times and a peg of 2.8 times, so perhaps not overly cheap, but perhaps a good long term, you know, a good good long term quality hold there, especially given what's likely to happen in the defence markets longer term now. Yeah, indeed. And yeah, I don't know if it's me other comment on that one, Peter. And what's interesting about like BAE systems also and Computer Center as well is they're very dependent on these both companies on electronic components uh, and sourcing components and supply global supply chains. And I've got to say, it's very impressive how these businesses are are performing. And you get a sense that, you know, if supply chains ease, then they've got the potential to do, you know, even more. Yeah. To, yeah. Another, another thing to kind of think about here is, is you know, how are they, you know, how, how constrained are they at the moment? I mean, they're specifically saying they're overcoming the challenges in the supply chains, but you just think, you know, hang on, if, if things actually ease up for these companies that are doing well, even in the current environment, you know, what they could potentially do. And that's why. You know, so that, that's, that's a potential upside for them, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, just, it is. And then, the, and then the other one, of course, is in an inflationary environment is their ability to pass on price increases. So when you're looking at company results now, it's going to be increasingly important to look at what, how much growth is coming from volume and how much growth is actually coming from pricing. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, 
is the growth just coming through because companies are just raising their prices or is it actually under you know underlying demand and vo volume is that is that increasing and another and then of course another key factor is going to be where they've gotten you know where they've got overseas exposure is currency exposure because quite clearly the pound has been moving you know against the dollar um but but obviously currencies are you, you know is, is going to become an increasing factor i think you know as we see interest rates moving around so that needs to be uh, that needs to be borne in mind very good point there phil okay dokes. and then just getting on to a, a smaller one i spotted um which has four year results was director plus and the ticker is dcta uh 74 million market cap now final results and this isn't one i've had a look at before actually it's a graphene graphene technology company graphene producer um and uh have you come across it before peter no i haven't actually yeah yeah well they had a good they had a good set of results um there this was the full year to december and they said that their uh, product and sales was it sales and service revenue was up by uh, just under 34 percent to 8.6 million euros um and that there um and, and including grants which of course they do grants as a tech company was up uh, 39 percent to uh, 9.5 million euros uh from 6.8 million euros a prior year so control growth um and their loss situation they reduced their losses uh, from 2.6 million to 2 million euros and they had closing cash equivalents of 11 million euros so well funded but what was interesting about this i think i mean first it's graphene tech you would expect there to be a lot of ip in here uh, and there is uh, they've got 19 patent families uh, 72 patents granted 20 c uh, 27 pending um so obviously quite a lot of ip in there but um in terms of uh, sort of applications for their graphene tech they do seem to be uh have products that are related uh to um cleaning and washing in um, oil oil decontamination dealing with oil sludge dealing with waste uh waste processing um and during the uh during the year they announced a number of contracts so in march 21 they had uh, completed draining, cleaning, and washing of an oil storage unit for Petrotel Luke Oil, um, and they had 0.4 million of revenue from that. In March 22, they said that their uh, their decontamination technology had been granted authorization for use in the U.S. by the U.S. EPA, oh. um, and that gives them an entry into the um, you know one of the largest markets for decontamination of oil spills. And in, in July 21, I've got my time ordering a bit wrong here, but in July, they uh, they won a tender with OMV uh, petrol for four-year contract worth 3.2 million euros, and that's for treating 80,000 cubic metres of sludge and waste. Um, so, look, graphene doesn't always get, you know, there's always lots of doubts about whether it'll get commercial traction or not and how big are the markets, but here's a... This is an interesting little company. It seems to be making really, really good, uh, good progress. So uh, I'm going to take a further look at that one. So that's Director Plus, DCTA. Okay, very good, very interesting. What yeah. else do we got? Do we have any other company results out? It's been a bit thin this week, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it has to be honest, Peter. There have not been. I mean, sort of 
seen many main results out from the states. Uh, certainly, UK markets seem to have been very quiet in terms of terms of results. So, gas, we will carry on scouring the news flow, um, but thinking obviously about inflationary impacts. Keep an eye on the supply chains, and uh, and uh, yeah, very much look forward to covering things next week, Peter. But uh, yeah. so do I. I think I will be back next week and see you then. Well, I look forward to chatting then. Thank you, Phil. Cheers, Peter.